I'm sitting down with some talented folks over here. We have a husband and wife duo, wickedly talented, and you'll see why I say that in a second. We're joined by Jacqueline and Devin Rice. How's it going? Oh, it's amazing. How are you? It's going pretty, great. Thank you. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, I was just telling Devin, I found you guys all on Instagram. Um, I was scrolling through to see who we can get for the new season, and I picked up on sleep movie the sleep movie account and i was just like what what is this you know this is it seems like they have a crazy budget to work with here i don't know how they got it but like they're they they they're working with it and it looks great the the colors are fantastic so tell us about your movie and what it's all about yeah so uh it's called uh, the sleep uh the sleep survival horror and uh it's actually based on a project that i God, I've been writing that project for so many years. And it's so funny because like we had shown it to different studios and stuff over the years. And uh, they were kind of like, man, this is a really crazy movie. Can you make it simpler? Can you make it kind of more? They wanted to be more, a lot more normal. And I was like, man, I really want to make something crazy. A really kind of like wild, you know, kind of Halloween inspired movie. Uh, just to give you a little background. Um, I basically was inspired to make the movie when I was like, we were like doing like a Halloween thing one day. And I was like, man, what is a bunch of crazy stuff came to life and kind of, you know, really started killing us. Right. And so I started writing that story. I was playing with that story. And then over the years, it kind of evolved into this psychological experiment because um, I guess, you know, over the years, there's, there's been like a lot of like uh, mass shootings and stuff like that. And I actually had a, a friend of mine was actually uh, present for the Vegas one. He was actually in the Mandalay Bay when that was happening. Oh, and uh, I know it was, it was absolutely crazy. And, um, you know, I just got to looking at it and the script start, kind of started taking a bit of a darker tone when I started thinking about, well, you know, what what would compel someone to do something like this? And, uh, you know, what would uh, why why do these atrocious things happen in the world? And uh, so the story kind of became a little bit more because I normally do movies that are a little bit more kind of on the adventurous side. But then the, the movie kind of started taking more of a darker darker tone and then covid didn't help because when covid happened we were actually doing uh posts on the movie and uh so the music started getting like more crazy and and darker and stuff like that but it's basically this supernatural psychological experiment where these uh friends are pulled into this thing and their families are trying to kill them and they see these hallucinations that i don't want to give too much away but it's a it's a crazy uh, supernatural psychological experiment movie. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's fun. It's definitely a passion project of mine. We, our budget was just under about a million dollars. We actually met, uh, we, we met at a party, uh, a couple of dentists, and they were like, hey, we want to do movies. And we're like, wow, that's awesome. We have movies we want to do. They basically put us in touch with a lot of their friends uh, who wanted to get into the movie business. And so basically we, we raised the funds from a bunch of investors, made the movie, and then uh, uh, released it this year, 2022. And um, yeah, it's been really awesome. Man, I love stories like that. We were just at a party and these <laughs> yeah. dentists were just like, we want to get in the game. Um, that's, right. that's incredible. Yeah, they, yeah uh, one of them came up to us. They were, they were like, they've always wanted to do movies. And we we're like, oh my God. And we ended up staying at the party till everybody left. And we were all just talking till like 2 a.m. And kind of hit it off and and here we are wow yeah, yeah. i mean thank god for dentists and their money yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh maybe the next movie is about killer dentists yeah maybe, hey maybe, you never maybe. know <laughs> so so with the sleep i mean um you are a duo you are a, a a husband and wife team uh what roles are you taking on uh especially on this project yeah, sure. Well, so Devin is the writer director and he's also obviously one of the main leads of the film. He also has all post-production. I produce with him. Mm -hmm. So I'm one of the main producers and I'm also an actress and I'm one of the main leads. And then sometimes like with some of our other projects, I've helped with, you could say second directing with, because uh, a lot of the times Devin's on screen. And so he'll kind of prep me to kind of take over while he's on camera. And, you know, it's pretty cool that he trusts me to, you know, I, I know, I know what to look for. I know what we need and stuff like that. And it's pretty awesome and fun. And well, cause we basically made the last three movies together. So she's kind of been wow. 
were there. And, you know, even though she mainly started out as an actor, but she's kind of gotten into producing and directing, you know, and myself too, I, w- I started out as an actor, but then, you know, I was always cast in the, like, trying to get, people were trying to cast me as like, you know, the gangster, the thug, or like a lot of it was Disney Channel. And I'm like, look, I'm not Disney Channel. Like I, I want to make, you know, serious, <laughs> you know, movies. I like Denzel Washington. I'm not here to do, you know, uh, high school musical, you know. And but, you had been writing since you were six. Yeah, I'm writing since I was a kid. And I always like, I love like anime, Terminator 2, Jurassic Park. You know, James Cameron was like a big inspiration for me growing up mm-hmm. and uh, those kind of movies and stuff like that. And so, you know, that's kind of what we ended up doing. Yeah. Wow, you actually led me into something I was going to bring up because something I always ask our guests is, you know, okay, you're doing this now at whatever age you may be you know, uh, your 20s, your 40s, your 60s, whatever age you are. Um, and some folks that have been on the show are like, yeah, I didn't start until like five years ago, or I've been doing this since I was two. Um, take us through, uh, maybe Jacqueline, you could start with this. What, when did you start being a creative person? Was it was it a, uh, something you've been doing since you were young? And then Devin, you can answer. Yeah, well, for me, I mean, for me, it's been since I was pretty young. Um, I, I I also came from like a movie buff family. My grandparents love movies. Um, you know, tons of, you know, signed autographed huge photos from all these actors and everything. And then my mom and her, all my aunts and uncles love movies so much. And so I kind of just grew up in movies. And so when I was a kid, I actually went to like a private school that was heavily like with the arts. And So I just got hooked on acting, you know, even when I was in like, you know, first, second grade and I kind of just loved doing it. And then I really got into to that. Plus, I I, I draw and I paint and I played music. I played piano since I was seven. And so I've kind of just been like an artist since I was I like to say since I was born, because it was kind of just I just loved it all the time Um, and then heavily got into acting, you know, after high school, um, during and after high school and then kind of just took off and that's just my main my main I just love movies so much I love acting so much and making movies yeah and then once once we got together that's kind of when you really started first doing like the more uh, making of the producing directing that yeah and we got together in 2008 and so we uh and we actually we actually went to elementary school together yeah we went to elementary school together actually yeah (laughs) Yeah, and he's wait sorry go ahead no I was saying that's beautiful (laughs) yeah it's pretty awesome and it's funny too because he's three years older than me. So when I was in kindergarten, he's in second grade, and you don't quite hang out when you're like that little versus you know second grade is like an older kid, you know. Yeah, but I saw it like you know a bunch of years late. Like what? I was yeah. You were, you were I was 16. about fifteen, about to have my sixteenth birthday, and I saw him randomly. I was like, I was oh like Devin. Devin. You know, I was like, wow, it's been a long time. You know, so yeah, and I invited him to I think my sweet sixteen, and I was like, I like this guy. Yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then what? Three years late. We we. We became best friends in like 2007, so a couple years later, and yeah. we became like best friends. And then he asked me to be his girlfriend, basically. Wow, that's yeah. uh, quite the storybook <laughs> type of relationship. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah, hear too together, much. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we've been together a little over 14 years and married five years. Wow. See, yeah. uh, I can't get too much crap from me then. I've been uh, together with my girlfriend for six, and then, and, you know, she's like, where is it? Where's the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, I think for, I think what it was, what, what was it? It was seven, seven, years, years, what, seven years, and then we got married two years later. There yeah. we go, see? I, I, yeah. I, I'm... Hey, and it was incredible. It was perfect. <laughs> so, so, Devin, yeah. what about you? When, when did this all start for you, this creative uh, life? You know, for me... Um, Gosh, you know, I mean, I started playing video games. I think video games kind of really first sparked my creativity. When I got it was Sonic the Hedgehog on Sega Genesis back. I was about what five, five years old, six years old, and I started writing little stories in school at six, and then started, you know, I actually started back on a old typewriter. I, I was started writing scripts because I read the script for Terminator Two and Aliens, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. I love movies. You know, I think I saw Terminator Two on TV, and James Bond would come on. What was it T- Turner Classic Movies at the time, or would they have like the Bond weekends or whatever? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, and so that that was that. And then I think when I was about eight or nine, I tried acting. Um, I wanted like an audition or two. It was funny. I didn't like the way that the cast of people looked at me. I was like, these people are judging me, and I didn't like it. 
And I and it's funny because I was like, man, why can't I just call up Steven Spielberg and be in this movie? <laughs> you know, as a kid, valid question. Yeah, as a kid, I was like, I don't understand this whole process. And so I kind of went off, you know, went to high school, did wrestling, but I always would kind of write stories and I would keep writing, even like songs that would come to me and stuff like that. And then funny enough, when we started hanging out. Yeah, when we, when, well, yeah. So when we started hanging out was when I really started coming back to it. That was about 2004 or five when I graduated high school. Uh, and then at that point, I was like, okay, what am I going to do with my career in college? I was like, all right, well, I really want to do something in, you know, the, the field of the arts, uh, particularly acting. Uh, and, uh, you know, funny, filmmaking didn't really come first. I kind of thought, okay, I can act and acting is fun. And maybe I can write some stories and, you know, have the Hollywood studios produce them. And then, you know, went through the whole acting scene, did all that stuff and then tried to get in. I didn't know how. You did book an ABC pilot. I did. I did. Yeah. And I didn't know how to really uh, get, I didn't even have any concept of how to make a movie or get it to a studio or any of that stuff. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to start making stuff. So I started making shorts. Uh, and then in 2009, uh, uh, A Demon's Destiny, which was a live action anime. It's like a Dragon Ball Z inspired thing that we did on YouTube. Uh, and uh, that got was millions of views. Yeah, millions of views, fans. thousands of fans with that. That was kind of like right when like YouTube was, you know, starting to kind of become, you know, something there people were like, oh, this is actually, we could tell stories on this thing. Yeah. Um, and so that, that Demon's Destiny was a script that I wrote when I was 14 and I kind of updated it. And then after that, then um, did a, a Being Black Enough in 2015, which is a semi-autobiographical movie about a young black guy who goes to the hood, learns, uh, he wants to learn how to be black. He gets in with like drugs, gangs, promiscuity, and then he eventually confronts the police and he's taken through this whole wild journey with his cousin. Um, and then uh, that was cool that it premiered a Dance With Films uh, in 2017, uh, we won the audience award there. We had a standing ovation for the movie. I wrote with like 400 people. Yeah, 400 people were there. I wrote, directed, and starred in 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 uh, being black enough, and the same for uh, Demon's Destiny. And then I ended up doing all the posts on a Demon's Destiny because it's funny. On that one, I saw a bunch of people were doing Dragon Ball Z effects on YouTube, and I was like, oh, this is cool. What if I could use this to tell this story? And so I didn't really realize what post-production would entail. <laughs> I was like, well, because I, yeah. I, I went to college for computer science. And I was like, oh, well, I do computers. So and this should be fine. And so it took me six to eight months. And Jacqueline was there. She <laughs> saw me. I was like, uh, man, sometimes I was like screaming. I heard I some screams. Because <laughs> 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 I, I, I didn't know how to do it. And it was so frustrating because I didn't know how to make the sound sound the way that I wanted. And, and, I and it wasn't to, as easy back then. It wasn't as easy back then. There wasn't as much, you know, there wasn't like YouTube how it is now where you can just find everything as easily. Um, and so that's what happened. Then being black and it was a lot easier because I had done it. And then YouTube was easier. I can kind of do some research, find tutorials, stuff like that. And then did all the posts on that because I did it on, on uh, Demon's Destiny. And then after that, again, we met the uh, dentists and doctors. And then, uh, well, actually to backtrack real quick, after being black enough, funny enough, we started sending that, that Jacqueline really was kind of like, she kind of was like really sending the movie out to mm -hmm. people and I was too. And so we started sending it out to like studios and inviting them to the premiere. And then we started kind of getting um, some big guys, some big guys kind of interested in our stuff, you know, different studios and stuff like that. And Had like, a meeting with Disney because of being black enough, which is amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alan Horn actually, he was the chairman of, uh, he just retired, but he was the chairman of uh, Disney. Disney studios. Yep. And uh, he saw the movie um, we kind of got through some contacts and then invited him uh, to the thing. And he sent us an email back. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm. I was like, hey, <laughs> could you watch this film? He's like, look, I'm up to my ears right now with the Cars 3 premiere, but I'll see if I can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and he ended up, we didn't like, we didn't push him or anything. And uh, like a month and a half later, we get an email and Alan gets back to us. He's like, guys, I watched the film. And he thought it was great. He thought it was a great story on uh being black in america right uh, now yeah, basically like you know the the black experience and stuff like that and he didn't use those terms but he was like yeah. this is like a great story about you know this this guy and like what it means to be black because that's the main thing of the story and uh we told him we wanted to work with disney yeah he introduced us to his team and then we started talking about some stuff and developing stuff and we're kind of going to go back to them again but it's kind of like you know again it's so funny because you know, Disney's not really my thing, particularly. Right. Yeah. Uh, more but, my thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now it's actually becoming more and more. They're doing a lot more with like, you know, the Marvel shows and Mandalorian and stuff like Mandalorian. that. Mandalorian, Even like, you know, because I and Pirates of the Caribbean stuff that's a little darker stuff that because if anything, I would say Devin's more Warner Brothers. 
right. Netflix, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And James funny, Cameron, which 20th Century Fox, which funny enough is Disney now. Yeah, but yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this is funny. That was all before Disney Plus. And, yes. And, and before, uh, I think it was before the 20th Century Fox deal. It was right. When we were meeting with Disney, they were like, yeah, we're, we're really about to push this streaming service thing that's going to come out. And it was right before COVID. So it was like, before 2020, before streaming kind of went like everywhere. 2017. Yeah, 2017. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, 2017, 2018 kind of thing. Yeah, and so then we made, uh, you know, The Sleep. We got the money for that one. We made that film, which was awesome. Uh, insane. It was insane. The The production of that movie was was nuts. But, you know, 16-day shoot. Didn't have enough money, like, to, to do everything, to do everything really we wanted. wanted. That, you know, that movie should have been, you know, five, 30, 10 million, or 30 million. million. Like- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, you know, Sam Raimi, you know, he made The Evil Dead and he had a bunch of craziness on his movie. So let's just go. Same with Guillermo del Toro and like. (laughs) Jaws. Jaws. Of course, of course. Uh, But using all those experiences and it's funny, actually, we actually met. uh, Actually sent being black enough to Sam Raimi and he saw the He saw the movie or the trailer and he's like, hey, this is awesome. He invited us to meet with him. and I talked to him about. You know this movie and he kind of gave us some pointers on stuff and i was like oh that's awesome like this is because that was so cool that was my first time meeting like a real like legend of a director and i was like this is and like actually meeting with him. yeah like, like he sitting. invited us to meet yeah and so he kind of gave us some pointers on the stuff so i used that when making the film and as uh yeah it was really cool wow like first of all uh i mean you guys are in la i'm i'm, I'm sure right or at least yeah, LA. Yeah. Yeah, we're both we're both actually born and raised here so like I'm in New York, but I mean, totally different because, you know, L.A. is known as, you know, Hollywood. You got you have film people walking the streets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it seems like everyone um, is born to do that over there or, you know, whatever. So it's like, duh, of course, I'm going to have an interview with Sam Raimi tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's got to be extraordinary. Like you, the, the fact that you sat down with Alan Horn and and and, and Raimi and, and you like are just sending all these amazing projects out to people and they're actually coming back to you. And I, I know the, I know the grind is not easy, of course. And yes. the fact that you're even getting returns is, I guess, a testament to your work and just about like what you guys are, are creating. So I think that's, you got to give yourselves a pat on the back, on the back for that um, because they could easily just been like, uh, that's going to go in the trash. I'm going to just not reply to that email. Or just yeah, anything yeah. like that, but the fact that you're getting these these conversations, these meetings, these emails, or whatever—I mean, that's that's got to say something about what you're doing. But also, um, you know, back to like what you all the projects you were just saying um, earlier. I think you mentioned Dragon Dragon Ball Z made an influence on you. Um, yeah. A couple of scenes I've seen from your movies, I definitely could see that influence, uh, <laughs> and I, it's it's great. I I, I love that. Um, so I think you know, and that's something that a lot of us do. Like we we pick up stuff from from our past and just throw it into throw it into our works. Um, yeah. So going forward with with all of the the sleep is the most recent film. Yes. Yes. All right, so that means uh, you're definitely been working on a couple of other things. Um, is there? Yeah, well, well. Um, so sorry, just just to, to end up on the sleep. Um, so with TikTok, so that's been amazing for us. Yeah. With TikTok, Jacqueline, how many views have we been getting? Yeah, about? over the last couple of months, like we really, we really started pushing the film on TikTok, and we've had over 15 million views on our videos. I know. On TikTok, yeah, which is pretty amazing, and. Um, it's really it's it's pretty insane the power of TikTok that we've kind of learned after mm-hmm. really doing it because you see it and it's like oh man like this is actually quite something amazing, and with the sleep it's just pretty cool because we're about to do like a lot more even just with Halloween coming up and do a lot of fun stuff for it and um, just really pushing it like the film too just to kind of I don't think we went into like the the making of the film and stuff like that but the do you mind if I talk about that a little bit go on yeah. Okay, cool. Well, it's pretty awesome because we actually made a short film back in 2011 called Halloween Avenue first. Like that was our first little thing. And we made a teaser trailer for the short 
And we actually sent it to Blumhouse and and a couple guys like Twisted Pictures. And we ended up getting meetings with all of them. Like they loved the idea. Well, well, Jacqueline made 50 phone calls, you know, cold calls in Hollywood in the day. I was like, Jacqueline, you make a bunch of phone calls. Because we listened to this sales trainer, uh, Grant Cardone. He's a buddy of ours. And uh, I used to actually was like got like a, a job for him for like a year or two. And I was like, hey, he's all about sales and stuff like that. So we're like, hey, what if we use this sales stuff in Hollywood? So Jacqueline started listening to some of his audio programs. And then she started making a bunch of phone calls. And basically, you know, just got into certain places and we Blumhouse ended up really liking it. It was kind of crazy because this was this Blumhouse was big, but they weren't what they are now. And so they only had, I think, like six or seven producers. They were each working on a film. They were in a different office. They were on the Paramount a lot of the time. Now they have a huge office, you know, of their own. But um, that, you know, that it just kind of little things were leading to different things. And with this film, particularly, we had studios, like Devin was saying, wanting to make it or different things, but they want to change things. And we're like, you know, what, we want to kind of do it how we want to do it. And it was cool because we were originally looking at with the budget that we had, there were certain things we were going to do. And Devin decided at the last moment that like, hey, instead of these other locations, which would be a cool movie, we're going to just go for it and make it like almost like as if it's a huge movie if we can with certain locations yeah because like we're going to do it in riverside a friend of ours was like hey you should shoot in riverside I was like, oh really it's a like, lot of locations would be for free free out there but they they weren't that great and so i mean like there's a lot of great locations this movie and i was like you know what we're gonna go we're gonna shoot in an actual hospital we're gonna shoot on the queen mary we're <laughs> gonna shoot you know in like a power plant and stuff like that because like you know the, the, when i first was excited about the story it was all about you know these crazy locations with these hallucinations and stuff. Um, and it's funny, a lot of the locations we shot at actually had like haunted things, like people like were talking about it being haunted. Oh like, yeah, like hospital. the Queen Mary, there was an actual experience with the camera. Yeah, I, I the- saw that video you guys posted. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty cool. And the hospital was just scary. Like it's a, it's called RSI Locations, owns a lot of locations and there's this hospital, I think in Pomona, yeah, Pomona. something like that. And uh, it used to be, it, it shut down in like 2014. And the hospital at night, like if there's no, cause certain, when you go on certain levels, if there's no lights on at night, you have to walk to like the middle of the hallway just to turn the lights on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so scary, but we shot in these amazing locations. Like the queen Mary was incredible. And there's only one location I was bummed. We didn't shoot that water, the water plant. Oh, like that, the halls. One was, that would, well, but it was too expensive. It was like 16 grand a day to shoot that. Yeah. And like, I mean, we had certain ones that were kind of crazy, but that one, it wasn't that important to do that. Yeah, we shot on the Disney lot, which was awesome. Oh, yeah. Was, for, at the Golden Oak Ranch. It was the Golden Oak Ranch, the Disney Ranch for like the la- for the street scenes. For the for the outside where the houses are and everything. Mm. But that one, I think that location was like, what, eight Gs? That was day, 10 grand. 10? That was 10 grand. And all included, I think, was 10 with the water truck and oh, like yeah. everything. And the Queen Mary was like. The Queen Mary, I think, was 12 for, yeah. the, for everything. So it was 12 and, and they actually let us shoot uh, gorilla in, style gorilla, like so in the hallways because to pay for the hallways in the queen mary we would have had to rent out half the ha- ship half the ship we would have to book out <laughs> half the ship oh my god because uh, it's an actual hotel so they were like if you want to shoot in the hallways you can't have like people walking here you can keep saying if you want yeah and so <laughs> you can't have people walking through I was like you know what if we just had one camera one actress and we just walk through the halls and that's it because i want to set up i want to do like fog and lights and all this kind of stuff <laughs> But uh, it's like, no, you got to book out the ships. So it's like, all right, let's just go and just shoot there. I don't even know how much that would have been. Uh, it would have been like 50 Gs or something, something crazy. Yeah, so we mainly, they, they we basically booked out the main ballroom that we were in and then this one other main like lobby area. And then they allowed us for two places to shoot like guerrilla style, which was the hallway, which is just one or two actors going down. And then yeah. this one little area in the stairway, which was amazing. And it was just like, what a cool experience. And it's such a great like story. And people like a lot of people in horror too. Of course they, they love the queen Mary. They know it's haunted. They've been, or they've been to, you know, the, the haunted houses, you know, that happen every Halloween. Oh, the ha- haunted like mazes, the uh, dark Harbor, which I, I think the queen, they're Mary the scariest one, ones my, for me. Uh, yeah. They're really fun. Of like the more commercial ones. Cause I'm not going to do like blackout, you know, no, like no. the ones that are like, tortured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like Jack and I, so gosh, for the last 10, I mean, for all these years, we've gone to, Halloween Horror Nights, Not Scary Farm. We we've love done like it. a lot of the times. It was fun. It was actually fun to make this movie together because like we've done a lot of those haunted uh, maze experiences together. You know, that's right. <laughs> but now on to the next projects. When he was asking, oh yeah, like kind of what we have kind of coming up next. So Devin wrote, by the way, an Amazon best-selling book series called The Creators. 
it's a sci-fi romance epic and um they're on amazon and they're amazing yeah and it's funny um so th that project the creators it's a it's a it's it's actually based on real dreams that i had and this this um also like a real uh, high school sweetheart soulmate love that i had and um you know basically it's about uh, two uh you know millennials or Gen Zers now, who uh, basically fall in love over the internet and discover through dreams that they used to be basically part of a Star Wars kind of empire in a past life. And that, horrible and, life and that they have a horrible life now and they're kind of, you know, self-medicating and keeping themselves down. Mm -hmm. But they actually used to be scientists who had uh, information um, that could basically uh, risk uh, the lives of everyone or really the souls of everyone in the universe. And so... That's that story. That's kind of what I want to make next. It's like an epic romance Star Wars. Like, it's awesome. I'm like, in. We, yeah, <laughs> man. Like, it's awesome. And what what's very cool is it's kind of it's like darker. It's kind of it's got like Matrix vibes meets Star Wars. You know, it's like I don't know. It's just amazing. Like, I can't wait to make it. And yeah. So, and so it's cool because you know through all these years making all these contacts, you know, putting in the hard work. It's funny because like you were saying, like pat ourselves in the back, but like I just. I'm always like in the grind and I'm not really like paying attention to like any of the successes and stuff, but it's like now after all these years, finally we actually got a random email from a big studio. Who's like, Hey, we want to set up a meeting with Devin Rice studios. And I was like, what is this like a spam? What is this? Is this real? You know? And uh, I guess it, we just found out we just had a call. It was amazing. I guess yeah. we had met uh, a studio exec who, you know, we saw him at another premiere uh, a couple of weeks ago and we're like, Hey, good to see you again. And then, uh, you know, he's like, hey, great to see you. And then um, he sent out an email to like all of his top guys. Yeah, because I asked him, I was like, hey, you know how, um, uh, you know, I'd love to show you some of our work. And uh, I sent him a, I emailed him a photo of because Jack and I were part of a, I was in the Hollywood Black Film Festival many years ago. And they had and NASA was there for a project Stargazer where they were looking for uh, diverse projects in science, technology, engineering and math. And so they chose the creators and I sent them the script and the book. And they chose it. And so it was cool to kind of, you know, um, have NASA put their, you know, sort of stamp on it. And we got to meet like a lot of NASA scientists and Michelle Nichols from the original Star Trek. We got to meet her. She was there, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so doing that. So now sending that photo, we have these posters of us holding this comic it's book. Huge artwork, comic book uh, artwork. With, like, NASA logos around it, you know, because we're at the NASA area. And um, we sent that. He's like, hey, show it to the team. We just pitched them. And actually this weekend is probably one of the you know most important weekends because i'm doing like rewrites because funny because now um i've been so focused on making indie films and trying to make everything small everything like grounded and super you know so i can make it for like no money basically and we talked to the studio they're like yeah so you know i'm over the team where we make uh 30 to not uh 30 to 90 million dollar movies and he <laughs> makes 60 to 250 or 300 million dollar movies and i was like oh really oh oh cool <laughs> you know so we told them we're like hey we're just going to take a couple days to kind of bring it back to what like the original vision would have been close for to the it. book and what i actually would love to do if i really had money because i guess i was it's funny over the last couple of days I, I realized that i was just so kind of grooved in and almost even stuck if you will in the independent in the, in the independent cheap low budget that my when I came into this thing, I was like Dragon Ball Z, Terminator, Jurassic Park. And over the years doing indie film, I was like, I'm like, got so used to it. And then now I'm like, okay, let me go. Let me just remember. Oh, yes, yes. This was the original vision. This is kind of what I want to do. It's actually pretty exciting to try to write stuff now and work on something that actually would have a real budget. So it's really cool. Yeah. So that and a couple projects where they're taking a look at, which is amazing. Yeah. Another one, uh, Artificial Reality, which is kind of more of a... You know, because I, again, I love video games. And so, you know, this one's about two uh, gamer scientists inventors that invent this game uh, and they try to make it uh, based on uh, brainwave technology so that it can uh, connect to the human mind and make this augmented reality game. And they, they hook the game into the internet and give it the, the uh, directive to make the best game ever. The game ends up downloading, you know, all these secret public, uh, private information, advanced physics even like, you know, uh, government files and then learns how to basically augment uh, uh, reality really in real life. And so it uses advanced physics to then be able to kind of turn the world and start making the world into a game. It's like a sci-fi And it's, it's pretty cool. It's not like any video game thing that's been made. Like it's, it's, it's going to have its own like wow. darker, dope feel vibe. That's very Devin Rice. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah. That's what we're talking about. We're like, all right, you know, we're having conversations about, you know, okay, you know, we got to keep it grounded because once it kind of gets to a certain level and you know, get to these like bigger CG movies, it's like, oh God, you kind of lose it. And we're like, you know, I love like the Matrix. I love the vibe of that. Terminator 2. And so how do I like keep it grounded? And so that's kind of like where my main discussions are right now. And uh, Jack will have to work with me for a while. Uh, now I can, I, I bounce a lot of ideas off of her for projects of like that. So I'm like, hey, Jack, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? You know, so it's it's cool. Yeah, it's really fun. It's exciting that you have all this stuff lined up. And then, you know, thinking that I love what you said that. Um, and maybe this is like a thing a lot of us creative people deal with when it comes to do we write based off of budget or sus- like suspected budget? Like you were saying how your original writing was uh, is going to get tweaked now, now knowing that there's potential for a bigger budget. Um, is that is that something you think about a lot when you're writing? Is that something that's coming into your, your head of like, well, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, well, one thing also, the original of the creators was actually a huge, crazy big budget. And so what Devin had done when we started making our own movies was make it, make the creators into more of an indie film. Mm-hmm. And so what he's doing now is actually bringing it more back to what the original was. Yeah. I mean, oh, for me, it, for me, yeah. it's extremely hard. I mean, like I can do it now, but my, my mind goes like epic, big, epic, big. And so I'm, I'm always kind of like, when I started writing, I was mainly writing these epic, big stories. Uh, I think it was like, what, seven years ago, I tried to kind of like, you know what, let me just write directly for budget and kind of see well, well, I don't write for budget. What I do is, is I, 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 I take an idea and I, I work it as like a kind of like quote unquote producer, but I, I, I have an idea and that idea would be in a kind of budget. And, I, and then from there, once I got that, when I get the creative juices, I just write that idea so I don't have to think about budget. And inevitably I, I add a couple of things in there that's kind of like a little bit, you know, big or whatever. And then I can kind of just like pare that down. But I feel like if I was writing with budget in mind, it's kind of like I'm being a producer and not really as creative as a writer. And so I, I feel like it kind of like, you know, uh, stifles my creativity in a way. But if I do it beforehand and I put it in, I, okay, good. The idea is going to be like, there was a, a script that I wrote, which I don't know if it'll ever get made, uh, but it's called Spectral Physics. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically what AR is based. Uh, I took the script of Spectral Physics and I made it into artificial reality, uh, which is the augmented reality movie. But um it was basically, it started out as a Ghostbusters movie where these two guys love Ghostbusters so much that they were in, uh, looking into Ghostbuster technology. And then what they did was they actually uh, found a way to actually amplify the the, the energy of a, of a specter or a ghost to then make them be seen and be real so they can capture a real ghost on camera. And things go crazy where this they get this one ghost that just goes out of out of whack, starts killing people and everything, and actually made it a, it's pretty awesome. a, a quote unquote found footage movie where they're running around, you know, with the uh, GoPros trying to spot this uh, this uh, ghost. And we actually ended up showing it to the the Ghostbusters people, but they were working on their Ghostbusters movies, and so it didn't quite work. They liked it, but they were like that. It, I don't think it could necessarily be in the Ghostbusters universe. Yeah, like not that. really. But so I was like, okay. So with that one, I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's write a story where this the, these guys are in a, a college. They, they they make one ghost come out and that one ghost is killing people and they have to then stop that one ghost. So I was like, okay, good. So then within those parameters, I can just be as creative as I want and I don't have to, And then, but instead of having it be where it's like, hey, they unleash ghosts all over the world and like everything's blown up and that's the idea, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's kind of, it's kind of like in, in the, the, the development, if you will, set it in a low budget situation and then write my heart out basically. Yeah, I know I have like, a, I personally, I when I'm trying to write myself, it's just, I my brain always goes, yeah, but you can't afford that movie that you're writing, so just <laughs> just keep it in a convenience store or something. Go Kevin Smith route instead. <laughs> well, you know, one thing that I've learned also is that like, I've always, I've learned that like, you can always bring it down. So like, what what's so cool is one thing that I love about Devin is that he will go all the way. Like, you, he, you can... He can write the most crazy, crazy, crazy epic movie. And what's what's cool is that some people can't do that. Like some people have a hard time like doing the big ideas or different things or whatever. And what I think is so cool is that he can always bring it down. He can and still make it awesome. And then he can always bring it back up like if, if we need to. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's certainly a talent. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because for me, like, you know, my writing mentor, he kind of showed me, he like gave this example. He's like, he, he's like, hey, uh, here, see this blank page? He gives me a blank piece of paper. He's like, here, edit that. I was like, well, he's like, you can't edit something that's not there. Mm. So you have to just create, 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 create. Don't stop. Put everything on the page. And then once it's there, then you can edit because it's a different process. And he was saying that, you know, the, the anatomy of writer's block is you, you're writing and you say, stop, write, stop, write, stop until you finally like the inertia kind of stops you because you keep stopping yourself, stopping, rewriting, et cetera. So I was like, okay, let me just do, I think I saw, heard someone call it, was it Judd Apatow or something like the, the vomit pass, right? Where you just oh, kind of like, put it, all put it all out there. And I'm like, okay, if I put the scene how I want it to be this big, crazy, epic scene, as a filmmaker, I can look at it and go, okay, I like what the scene is doing. This is awesome. How can I do the same thing, the same vibe, but you know, more grounded or, or for lower budget? I'm like, oh, and it's cool because I have the creative ideas of what I would like it to be. And then it's, it's kind of like, you know, being on set and solving a problem on set. You have your idea, but then you have to solve it, but you kind of solve it from that original idea. And so I, I kind of like to have the most creative ideas out first. And lately I've been doing a lot more outlining. So that's kind of been very helpful to kind of see what I would like to do and stuff. And on that, it's cool because we also recently watched the Duffer Brothers Masterclass, which was great. And it's cool because they because Devin writes really fast and they do, too. And it's cool that they actually operate similar how Devin does, where he'll kind of come up with the idea, create the outline over a week. And then he writes the script like three days straight. And that's then gets the first draft done. Yeah, like like my kind of process, I'll probably be thinking about an idea for like, you know, weeks, months, gathering little scenes, little ideas of what I want to do, maybe have like little bits of dialogue and stuff like that. And then I'll just kind of like, what I'll get like the vibe. I'm like, okay, that's it. Yeah. Oh, got it. And I'll just do like an outline, you know, whether you save the cat or maybe these days I don't, but I kind of save the cat's been awesome for me, by the way. It's a nice little guideline though. I, I never follow it, but it kind of helps me kind of put everything down. Um, but then once I have that, I might sit with the outline for like a day or okay, good, boom, boom, boom. And then suddenly I'm like, got it. I got the idea. I just write it three days, four days straight. And I just don't. He literally doesn't I, leave the chair pretty much. Like I just bring him food. So he still is alive. <laughs> and, and, I, and I just kind of like, and it's cool because I guess for me, I think why I'm able to do it like that. Cause I'm kind of, I, I went to second city for improv. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so it's kind of like, I'm like, and I'm an actor. So I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of like playing the characters and going through the situation and kind of like, in a way, improving, and I just write down what the characters are going through, what's happening as it unfolds, and I'll basically do that for like two days straight. I'll probably get to about where the third act's going to be, and then I'm like, I don't know what I, I don't know what to do. Oh my god, what's <laughs> happening? Then I'll go for a walk, you know, hang out for like half a day or something like that. Then I'm like, I'm like, oh, Jacqueline, I might like throw a float a couple ideas at Jacqueline. Like, what if this? What if that? And then suddenly I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go, no, there it is, and I kind of write the end. And then over those three days, four days, I have the script done. And then from there, it's like, okay, cool. Now read I can it. read it, rewrite it, rewrite it, rewrite it. And, you know, inevitably I've written, rewritten things like, you know, <laughs> five, 10 times or whatever. But, you know, having that original idea and kind of just have let it flow and not really editing it, not really worrying about budget. And sometimes I'll be like, this is never going to work. But you know what? It, it, it gets me to the next scene. So let me just write it down. And so I'll have like a, a scene that just doesn't work, but it at least... Like my, my, sometimes they do work though. Sometimes they do work. <laughs> but like for me, my point is like if I get to a scene that I don't know how to write, I might just write bullshit and I'm like, look, here's this crap, but here it is, just, just so I can get to the end of the script and like have a whole story told. And then from there, I go back and I'm like, this, this scene is shit. Let me just take this out, cut this. And I'm like, this is way too big. This is silly. What is this? What is this? And edit it through that. And that's kind of like the process. Uh, there was one time, I think it was, um, was it spectral physics that I did that with that I showed you? It oh, yeah. He wrote you with spectral physics. You wrote 15 pages, I think. Yeah. And, and I was like, I wrote 15 pages and I was like, in like a couple hours. And I was like, hey, Jacqueline, let me just ask you a question. I just kind of read her some of it. She, or I read it. I think. Yeah, I read it. And I was like, what do you think? I just don't know if it works. She's like, no, it doesn't work. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I think and I then, said this is not good. Yeah, and I, and I, I, I threw the whole thing in the trash and then I just wrote the whole new thing. And, and then, then you wrote this awesome screenplay. <laughs> which then is going to become AR. So I just basically literally lifted the character. Cause I was like, man, if I can't make the Ghostbusters thing, but I love these characters. All right, let me, instead of Ghostbusters, let's do video games. And then, like, cause I have this other video game idea I want to do. Let me use that. And it have the same great. kind of characters and it actually worked, you know? And, and the cool thing about having the Ghostbusters element for the video game thing was that 
it immediately kind of was more of a grounded story and idea. So because like it didn't become like, you know, it doesn't become pixels or something crazy like that. You know, it's like its own more grounded uh, reality thing. So, yeah. That's um, that's quite a process. I mean, I think um, uh, most people uh, who and that's probably why they're not successful. Don't do that. <laughs> um, and uh, no, that's that's great. I mean, I think I think that that that's kind of something because this 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 whole podcast is also for for not just uh, the creatives that are on to have an outlet, but it's also like an education for those that are listening. And yeah. um, I, I hear you, 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 the, the part that stuck to me, what you said at the very end is how you took those characters and you were like, you know, I can't, I'm not necessarily going to use them for this type of movie, but I'm going to toss them in this new universe and, yeah. and, and make this, this other type, type of story. Um, can you explain to the, to like the folks that are listening is like, how, how is it that you develop characters? Cause a lot of people, um, I've heard, you know, there's people that write the story first and leave characters last, you know, there's folks yeah. that develop characters first before any other story comes into their head. Um, and, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other ways. How do you develop characters? Gosh, you know, I guess, let me just think about this. It's funny. Cause I just think about the process. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> you really think about it. It happens so fast, but I mean, normally I'll have an idea for something. I'm like, Hey, you know, what if, like, like, I was just kind of look at the stars one day and I was like, man, I want to go to the stars. And I was like, wait, what if I had already been there and I forgot about it? Ooh. And then that's kind of where that story came in. And I was, and then that one I took from personal experience. I was like, well, you know, it's funny. I, in the beginning, I would write about a lot of my friends, right? You know, like I would take friends of mine or people that I know and I would change the names, but I would use their personalities and kind of like write a sort of like, like for me, <laughs> what really inspires me, like my main personal drive in anything that I write is what if this actually happened? What if it actually was real? Uh, and, and that kind of is where I get excited about something. Cause I, I basically write like, okay, what happened if aliens invaded tomorrow? And I would, I'll go, okay, well, what would I do? Well, I'd look outside and I go like this, I call my buddy and my buddy would probably say something like this. And I'm like, yeah, I'd probably be with like Joe. And then like, oh yeah, what if like another person I knew was there and, da, 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 and I kind of would write with that aspect. Um, but for me, it comes with the, yeah, the story comes first. And I think about what characters would be good in that story. What characters would enhance that story or be able to kind of, you know, uh, you know, be in that situation and kind of be, you know, opposites or be funny in that situation. Like, it's like, oh, wow. What if like, you know, these like gamer nerds uh, came up with, uh, you know, well, that was actually special physics first. So that was kind of like, what, what would happen if, if, you know, I was in computers, but I loved Ghostbusters and I tried to make a real ghost come to life oh well i'd have i probably have a buddy of mine who's like really funny and like you know someone like a friend of mine and then i would just write that so really it's just kind of like id like what if this happened in real life then i kind of look at my life and look at kind of like you know friends of mine or kind of what characters might be good in that situation and then once i have that because i'm an actor i'm like okay these are the characters and i kind of do my kind of like acting homework and i'm like all right well this character's like this he's kind of funny he likes these things and then when i write I basically play every character. And so I'm like, oh, well, if I'm acting and doing improv as, you know, this like silly guy who doesn't care uh, about his life and just wants to be the greatest scientist ever, what would I improv or what would I say? And it's like, I don't care. You know, we're going to be either the greatest scientist in the world or we're going to end up found footage ourselves. And it's like <laughs> kind of like playing that role. And then, you know, even though the women, it's like, okay, I mean, I, I'm like, you know, I've like talked to a lot of people over my life and I kind of like listen in in conversations uh, you know, I've done a lot of like um, back in the day, I don't know, like AOL, AIM. And so I do like a lot of talking to a lot of people. And I would just kind of like hear how people would talk, women, men. And I kind of was just researching a lot of dialogue and stuff like that. And so I'm like, and okay. you've seen a lot of movies. And a lot too. of movies. Yeah, a lot of movies. Yeah. I'm like, okay, what would she say if I was playing this Emily character? I'm not really, but you know, I'm just like, okay, good. She would say this. And then I'm kind of like creating all these worlds and all these people and what they would say. And I just kind of like keep throwing. And then I use kind of like outlines to kind of like, okay. So the characters, like it's like the characters start here and then let me just start throwing plot at the characters and how would they react? And then that's kind of how I get through the story. I'm like, okay, I'm walking. Alien evasion, like I'll make it up right now. Okay, good. I'm walking. Alien crashes. Oh shit, look out. Duck, a duck behind the wall. Okay. Then like, you know, something, then an alien comes out. He's like, holy shit, that's an alien. Like how would I really react if I saw an alien? I'd be like, you know, I wouldn't be like a movie. I'd be like, holy fuck, dude, like this shit is actually happening. Uh, and then I would kind of go through that. And then what's okay, good. What's the alien trying to do? 
he goes and he he grabs uh you know chocolate milk because he's wondering what the, the food tastes like in the in in the world. So he grabs it and he's like, How would I react if I saw an alien drinking chocolate milk? What is that alien doing? And then I'm like, all right, let me just kind of like do something interesting and weird. He walks over to the alien, dude. What's up, man? You like the chocolate milk? Yeah, this shit is bomb, man. Or whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then it's kind of have fun with it. I'm like, Jacqueline. Is that tone a little too silly? She's like, yeah, that's dumb. Why would you have an alien drinking chocolate milk? I mean, that's fine, but like you should make it more, you know, more. She's inevitably she's always saying, telling myself to be less silly. A little less silly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay, good. The alien crash, he doesn't grab chocolate milk. Uh, instead, you know, he's a you know, a scientist who's trying to figure out some stuff there. So he, yeah, he grabs something. he grabs some samples uh because he wants to, to make his world a better place because they've they're advanced humans in another world and they've fucked up their planet so they want to find out how this planet still grows and grab the molecules and make a more serious thing there you go then the guy gets makes a sound he gets spotted by the alien alien abducts him takes him to the planet and now he's the ambassador for earth and he has to help them build trees look we got a new movie right there but like that was me right now just improv in my mind based on uh what like it's kind of like you know, action, reaction, cause, effect. If this happens, that happens. If this happens, that happens. How my character respond? How that happened? And then just basically looking at all that and kind of like going, is that real? Is that real? Is that real? And don't you think about like, what is the coolest thing that I would think? Yeah. So normally in the idea stage, <laughs> yes, yes. So when I'm writing a script, so what? That, so that's how I come with the idea. Yeah. When I'm writing the script, I'm literally writing, how, I'm going to make this the coolest, best movie ever of all time ever with this idea. What would I think is the coolest, best, awesome movie? And I write from like that point of passion and excitement. Sure, it's you know it's probably not going to be that. Uh, most likely, it wouldn't be that. But you know, it, it kind of might be that though. Okay. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I, I write the best, like the creators, right? I'm like, the okay, that's the idea. How do I make this the dopest, coolest, awesomest movie that I've ever seen in my life with this story? And so that kind of makes me excited to write like, oh, this would happen. Oh, that, oh, this is awesome. Oh, cool. And it's kind of like, a, I, I kind of bring that kind of child demeanor when I'm in a movie theater and I'm excited when I watched the movie, The Matrix in theaters for the first time, or when I watched, you know, Jurassic Park and I was there and I was excited and I was curious and I wanted to discover what would happen next. I come from that place of extreme interest in writing. And when I come out the other end, I'm like, this is really awesome. Inevitably, you know, see, but when I write though, I write as a fan. And, and and like the best movie ever as a fan. Because if I wrote if I wrote the the best movie ever as a writer, I would be like, this is all shit. This is all crap. But <laughs> if I go from the fan viewpoint of this, the best movie ever, and I go from like a point of love and like love of movies and excitement. And as a fan, even if some are things are a little dumb in a movie, I'll let it slide because I love it anyway. And you know, so I kind of write from that creative point because whenever I do it from like, is this good? Is it actually great script? Inevitably, I think everything is shit. It's horse shit. It's crap. And I stop. So it's definitely like, you know, finding a really great idea that excites me. What if it happened in real life? Uh, and then improv and uh, what characters would be best in the situation? Do I know anyone who's like that? I'm also inevitably acting in movies. So it's like, what character would, it, it often starts with what character would I play? What character would I like to play at this point? And I, and I try to put that character in that movie. And then I put, what characters would be around that character to allow me to do some acting across. I do that. And then once I do that, then I outline it kind of going back and forth. And then when I write the script, I'm like, okay, good. How do, how do I make this? the Well, then I look at the outline. I'm going, okay, how dope is this? How can I add more dope scenes, more dope things? How to make it awesome. Great. Then I write it as like, the, this is going to be the coolest movie ever. Oh my God. From a fan. I write it as a fan. And at the end, once I'm done with all that, then I go and I look at it. I'm like harsh. And I'm like, all right, is this good? Is this not as good? Is this not? Okay, tweak it. That's shit dialogue. Okay, change that. I can cut that. That's not good. Oh, this is a silly scene. What's that? Oh, but here's a really cool scene that I could do. Oh, and then I go back into fan mode. I'm like, okay, good. This would be awesome. And I write it, write it, write it. And then once I'm done, I'm like, all right, let me look at it. So I have these two different, you know, hats that I wear. One is like the creative fan that writes. And another one is like the critical, not too critical, because you can really beat yourself up, but critical eye that looks at it and goes, if I'm watching this film in a theater, will I like it? Is it good? And I look at it from a more of like an, like more of like an audience viewpoint of is it good versus like you know critics who write for you know the trades or versus a filmmaker because I'm like, yeah, I could do the filmmaker thing, but as a filmmaker, you know, when I watch movies, I can get highly critical. <laughs> so and and like you know the movies I, I like to make are more fun movies. So I'm like, all right, as a fan though, would I like this? 
yeah, I'd like that. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, as a filmmaker, it might not be the greatest scene in the world, but as a fan, I would love it. So let's do that, you know? And then, but being black enough, funny enough, that one had, I did the exact same process. I was like, man, what if I went to the hood and I got into like, yeah, I got into this stuff and this happened and this happened. But then afterward, I looked at it like, um, okay, as a filmmaker, how do I communicate this message? How do I communicate this idea? You know, and what's the best way for the audience to understand the things that this character is going through so that, you know, the audience would not, you know, they understand. Because that one was based on my life. So it's kind of like, you know, they would call the character the N-word, dirty white boy, you're so white, why you're not black enough? You know, you should be more like a gangster. And so I wanted to communicate that struggle. And so I wrote it from a place of fun, going to the hood. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then like, well, what, what stuff can I get into? And oh, it's like when I was a kid and then, oh yeah, we're shooting guns, uh, you know? And then, but then afterward, I'm like, okay, let me like bring in this serious message and make sure that that's being communicated. So it depends on what I'm trying to do. At the end of the day, I kind of look at, you know, I write it from a fan first. And then once I'm done with it, then I look as a filmmaker of what I'm trying to communicate. And then when I make the film, it's so funny when I make the movie, I almost invariably, I read the script. Most times I throw the script out and I kind of make the movie from, I kind of storyboard it, know what the shots are, and I know what the lines are, but I kind of do it from memory mainly. Like I don't even read it when I'm shooting. I kind of like look at the bullet points and I'm like, okay, good, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of recreate it entirely on set, which is a new way of creating. And because it's a different job to write it, because I write, I write it as a fan, as a filmmaker, I'm like, okay, good. I get that. How do I communicate that idea, that story? And then as an editor, it gets even more of like, okay, no, that doesn't work. That doesn't, then that's when editing is kind of where I really kind of go into the, okay, good. Does it work? Does it not work? You know, cutting things and really kind of getting a lot more granular and detailed. Sure. I do that all throughout the shooting process and the script process, of course, but in the editing is where I really kind of get really super, super tight. And then when I start showing it to audiences and getting a vibe of what they like and don't like, that's when I get even tighter. And that's basically how I've done, you know, the process so far, really. Yeah. That's 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 awesome. Like there, there's so much layers there that, um, you know, first of all, that alien story, I own it now. Uh, no. oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There's so much layers there. I mean, you go from, um, I think a, a big part that you touched upon though is that like you may have written all this stuff, but when it comes time to shooting and we're in we're in the studio or on location, oh, none of this makes any sense anymore, and I feel more comfortable of writing this now and i think on the on the on on the location type editing is is very key in 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 script writing i mean you hear so many like famous stories of like you know that this big famous scene would have never happened if you know i didn't go uh get a donut that day and uh decided (laughs) that you know um this guy shouldn't have said those lines uh, or or for whatever reason yeah, yeah, like Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones, right? If he didn't get sick, right? But when he just shot the guy, wouldn't have been in there, right? So, um, this this has been like an amazing episode filled with so much knowledge and so much experience. Um, we try to keep these at an hour length. So, uh, very quickly, I will ask you guys one last question. Um, yeah. and I oh, think I want to say one one last thing on that last one really quickly. Sure. Uh, uh, when I get when I think about budget. So I write the script and then when I, I, I kind of pitch it or whatever, and then in pre-production is where I really start editing for the budget. So once I kind of know mm. what the budget is and the budget range in pre-problem, like, hey, that's when I really kind of start axing for a budget and really making changes. And then also like with the sleep, we had situations where we just didn't have time and there were certain things that were supposed to be shot in one area. We ended up in, it was good because you go kind of through this different, hallucination thing so we could kind of play with the world so we had to actually on the spot Devin had to think really quickly and be like what the fuck oh my god okay this is what we're gonna have to do and we're gonna have to switch this to over here and blah 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 and there was like almost no time to think and it it made it work and it was amazing yeah that's the fun of filmmaking you know yeah, yeah. it's like saving private ryan when he when they built it on the wrong you know the wrong side <laughs> yeah so real quick um i think you know like i said a lot of people listening to this to learn um, and you guys have dropped a ton of knowledge. Um, really quickly, uh, what is, and I know this is like quite the broad question, um, what, is, uh, what is something that you could bestow upon someone listening right now that uh, 
can get them motivated or stay motivated to get into, uh, I don't know, filmmaking or writing or whatever? What's something that could get the get the ball rolling for them? Well, one of the things that I would say is that literally, I think persistence is everything. Mm-hmm. You've heard it from a lot of people, like big guys in the industry. Like if you just keep going, it will happen. That's exactly what's happened for us. And it, we're just like, if you can just stay like and, and know what you want and just be like, I'm not stopping to get it, it will happen. And that's one of the biggest things I think for us. And then also like, don't be afraid to reach out to people because you never know what can happen. And just remember that a lot of these guys that got to where they are, they had to hustle to get there. And so they understand and appreciate your hustle and people like that. Yeah. And you know, one thing that I often, like, I guess I've never said this out loud before, but one thing that I often wonder is like, um, I I asked Jacqueline a lot. I'm like, Hey, what if, you know, Steven Spielberg quit or what if, the guys who made my favorite movies decided to quit and didn't make it. How would I feel as a fan? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what if I am Steven Spielberg or whatever, and I'm quitting on my future fans? How could I do that to them when I could imagine what I would feel like if Spielberg didn't do it or Michael Jackson never made that thriller album that inspired me to also mm-hmm. write a movie and that kind of stuff. So I say like, like imagine what you can do and your potential and you never know. I mean, or you do know and you should know. But you, it's possible you don't know, especially in your lower, if you have lower moments where you're like, I don't know if I could do this anymore, et cetera. It's like, okay, I'm sure your favorite person felt the same way. Well, what if they quit? And how would your life be affected if you never saw that movie or heard that song that inspired you so much? So it's a duty of yours as an artist to create that and to push through. Like if, if, if you look at Spielberg and he was like doing Jaws or going to quit or whatever, how much would you want him to push through? Would you be like, I don't care, man. Whatever it takes, George Lucas, <laughs> you are making Star Wars. I don't yeah. care if you're like if you're freaking out. You gotta make it, man, because I gotta grow up. And I, if I was like Back to the Future, yeah, I gotta grow up. And I gotta watch. This is another movie I should make. It's a great idea. Uh, you know, you, 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 your favorite filmmaker decides to quit. And it's an alternate reality. You go back in time to make sure convince, that convince George Lucas <laughs> to make that movie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but um, basically that, and then also, just be creative. Don't. Don't like stop yourself. Just just write, 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 write. Don't even edit till afterward. And just write, 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 and just start. That's the main thing. Like I just started just like going, going, making stuff. I start writing, just start writing, just start acting, just start directing, whatever it is. And nowadays with TikTok, Instagram, just do it. And uh, you know, every movie we've made, he's just like, all right, we're gonna make this. Yeah. I'm like, great, let's go. Yeah. And then just just do it because you know. You, we need more filmmakers. We need more writers, and you know, we really do. We really do, and just you know, we we need a next generation now. It's it's time, and so, you know, if you like, what what I would say is like, hey, it's time for a new generation, and uh, well, who's it going to be? It's like, well, I guess we're here, yeah. so uh, <laughs> let's do it, you know. And then, like, I think everyone should kind of look at that, like, hey, I'm part of this world. I'm part of this life. I'm part of this industry right now or I'm not but I but I will be and so let me let me do my uh what do you call it destined story to be to make whatever movie I'm gonna make that then is part of film history or whatever you that's know? right wonderful advice from the two of you uh the wonderful duo that you guys are um I what a what a great show we've had um really quick where can we find you guys on social and uh yeah yeah on instagram it's uh for me it's at uh devin rice d-e-v-i-n-r-i-c-e and mine's at underscore jacqueline rice and jacqueline is j-a-c-q-u-e-l-i-n-e and of course at devin rice studios uh devin yep. rice studios.com you can and then find us. you can i mean basically the same thing on tiktok and then our our movie page on tiktok is at the sleep movie yeah at the sleep movie mm-hmm. on tiktok and at the sleep, sleep movie, movie on, on instagram. instagram check out the movie we went you know we made it you know it's out on amazon and Ooh. our other movie, Being Black Enough, Anna Demon's Destiny, are all on Amazon and and Being Black Enough is pretty much everywhere. Yeah, Being Black is on Tubi, Pluto, everywhere, basically. But yeah, Amazon. And then uh, for people who want a, a little secret info on our YouTube channel, Devin Rice Studios YouTube, I don't know if it's still be on there for long. We'll see. Uh, I put the four-hour version of Being Black Enough on there. I wrote a 170-page mm. script. I ended up cutting it down to 90 minutes, and that's kind of what 
made people love the movie, but you can see everything that I wrote. And I we shot everything, shot everything. And I ended up cutting it down to two hours. We only had $23,000. Yeah. <laughs> cut it down to two hours for one. And then I cut it, finally cut it down to 90 minutes for distribution. And uh, you can see kind of what I cut and stuff like that on there. Guys, that was amazing. That was great. I uh, had a lot of fun. So thank you yeah, so much for being Yeah, it was a great time. Absolutely. Definitely. Thank you.